Today's episode of Your Stories is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad, so enjoy the show! Hi everyone, I'm Eric Arno, and this is a special, kinda different episode of the Nerdalogs Presents Your Stories podcast. This past week, we went out to Los Angeles to do a couple shows. Uh, we recorded a Your Stories at the Nerdist Showroom at Meltdown Comics on Friday, which you will hear uh, starting next Monday. But we also did an all-new sketch show at UCB Franklin on Thursday. Now, this recording is bits from that show, including sketches and monologues from the super talented comedians in the Nerdalogs, Mary Beth Smith, Joe Gennaro, Katie Johnston Smith, and Kevin Reeder. We thought y'all might like to hear some of the funny stuff we've been up to lately, and we hope you enjoy this look inside of that. So our next Live Your Stories recording is Sunday, February 19th at the Some Office Theater, 1917 North Elston in Chicago. Uh, since it's February, that means it's our annual Fan Fiction February show. Uh, these are always super popular, uh, but I think we still have a few story slots open, so if you have something you want to share, please email yourstories at nerdalogs.com with a brief story pitch, and we'll get back to you ASAP. But that is the future, and this is the now. So now, please enjoy our comedy, everyone. Hello, everyone. I'm Mary Beth Smith. A longtime member of the Nerdalogs, a comedy collective that we believe predates the mainstreamification of nerd culture. <laughs> I saw Rogue One recently, and uh, I was struck that the one thing that this franchise really needs to bring home the overarching themes is the themes. John Williams's music is as essential to Star Wars as the Force. And with so many films being added to the Star Wars Cinematic Universe, or SWCU as I'm sure Reddit is calling it by now, I have written some snappy lyrics to help you remember what these movies are about every time you re-enter the universe via a new installment. <laughs> If you think your dad is dead, you're either right or you will be. If you meet your dad alive, he'll probably beat it soon. About your mom, she's the two, so's the young who raised you. Otherwise, how would we know that you've seen pain in your life? So you quest for revenge and to create identity. If you didn't have that dead-ass dad, who would you be and why? <laughs> If you found this a little harsh, I apologize sincerely, and I advise you to avoid Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, Daredevil, Fantastic Four, Harry Potter, and most Disney films. (laughs) 
Hello and welcome back to A Lovely Home, the show where we help you make your home more lovely. I am your host, Larza Blurt, and as is customary, we have a special guest today. Our guest is the Nerdlog's own Joe Gennaro. Thank you. It's an honor to be here, Blartha. <laughs> it is so nice to have you here, Joe, for our very special holiday edition of A Lovely Home. Today we are going to be decorating our very own non-denominational cold season tree. Wow! Blartha, that is so inclusive. I love that. What kind of tree is this? I am so glad that you asked, Joe. This is a gorgeous seven-foot-tall Scottish pine. <laughs> yeah, it was freshly cut today. Joe, did you know that real trees are actually better for the environment than fake trees? Wow, Blartha, I did not know that. It's true. The carbon footprint that a fake tree creates is actually tremendous. <laughs> and every time a fresh tree is cut down, at least three are planted in its place. Wow, that is so fascinating. I mean, I love this tree. Oh, Blartha, you know what I think I see in that tree? What? a little tiny pine cone. Oh, wow. A true sign of authenticity. Let's save this pine cone and turn it into a bird feeder later. Oh, I love that. How ingenious. Mm -hmm. and, oh my, look, there's something else in the tree. Oh, uh, it's a bird's nest. Oh, wow. wow. Oh, let's save that bird's nest and turn it into a bird feeder later. <laughs> never heard of a bird nest bird feeder before. <laughs> I mean, it happens, Joe. Joe, did you know that birds actually are known to forge and use their own tools? How do you feel about putting some ribbon on this tree? Uh, yeah, I, I think that would be great. I didn't realize that birds were so advanced. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think ribbon will look up. Oh. there's something else in the tree. It's a little baby squirrel. Oh, aren't you just a little scavenger? Here, let me see this yeah. guy. <gasps> we can save that squirrel and turn it into a bird feeder. <laughs> what the fuck? Did you just... No, it's absolutely part of the circle of life, all right? A lot of birds are omnivores, not to mention the birds of prey. Owls, hawks, etc. How do you feel about popcorn strands? Yeah, popcorn strands are fine, I guess, but like, oh god damn it, there's something else. God damn it! We should just start calling him Sherlock Joe. <laughs> it's a bird feeder. Oh. I found a bird feeder in the tree. <laughs> wow, let me see this. We can save this and turn it into a bomb. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? I think that's all the time we have for today. Come back next week, we'll show you how to turn pretty much anything into a bomb. Yeah. Can, I, can I come back next week? No. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. We are now in round two. Contestants, for 10 points, what is it are two letters that are the atomic symbol for chlorine. Buzz! <laughs> I think it's CL. Buzz, uh, it is definitely CH4. <laughs> <laughs> 
100%. CH gets the points. <laughs> uh, I'm actually pretty sure it's CL. Like, that's the actual... Yeah, honestly, it doesn't matter. He said it with more confidence and loudness. Jack White. You may, <laughs> Thank you. you may know me as a member of the White Stripes or the Dead Weather or as being the same color as milk. <laughs> Tonight, I'm going to let you in on a few of my songwriting tips and tricks. So maybe you can write a song like Jack White, okay? All right. Uh, this first song I uh, just wrote this morning, okay? And it's perfect for singing around like a winter campfire. All right. Okay. <clears throat> <clears throat> I wanna steal your love to a crowded square and stare it straight in the eyes uh, and hold it by the hand uh, as it murders me with lies. There's a mist draped over our love like the one holding over these two stones. It's as damp as a night in Gettysburg, so it's good that ghosts don't have bones. Ooh, ooh, I'm a spooky, spooky ghost. Ooh, ooh, I'm a spooky, hornet ghost. <laughs> from a place of emotion, I usually choose sadness, uh, and then you let that emotion carry you through to the end of the song, and you also get bonus points if you can set that song in a graveyard during the Civil War. All right? <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Um, this next song, uh, I wrote it for my kids, because I got two kids. I'm a softie, okay? Uh, I wrote this with them in mind, all right? <clears throat> I seceded from my mother's womb, aware where I did cry. I was born a baby into this world, but old babies are born to die. I was born to be murdered by your love. I was born to be a ghost, spooky ghost. <laughs> important to reference ghosts and dying at least one to 37 times in each of your songs, all right? Okay, cool. Uh, now, maybe you're thinking to yourself, Jack White, I can't play the piano as great as you because I'm honestly really good. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, and you're like, but I still want to write a song. Well, guys, songwriting comes down to two things, okay? A good song comes down to two things, attitude and rhythm. So I'm gonna need your help on this last one, all right? So everybody give me a little beat, right? Yes, all right. Now, you may recognize this one, so if you know it, please sing along, all right? If you can sample a murder of crows, do it. <laughs> Thank you. 
Hello. Are you having legal issues, but also need a prescription to be filled out? To call me, Dr. Lawyer. I'm a doctor who's also a lawyer. Are you having problems getting child support payments from your ex? And you have a serious case of bronchitis? I'm the guy for the job, Dr. Lawyer. Is a bankruptcy firm chasing you around because you forgot to pay your taxes for the past 37 years? And your tummy hurts? <laughs> Try me on for size, Dr. Lawyer. Got caught going 55 in a school zone while smoking a fatty joint? And you have a hangnail? Call me, I'm Dr. Lawyer. Did you steal the royal crown jewels and then eat the beating heart out of the baby prince? And you have the sniffles. <laughs> I'm employable Dr. Lawyer. <laughs> have you been entrapped in a biker gang murder-suicide pact with no feasible escape because they're blackmailing you with photos from your vacation of you drinking rum out of a local magistrate's beehole? <laughs> And you have dry eyes? <laughs> I can the thanks, Turkable Law Pal! <laughs> Arson? Boo boo? <laughs> Me on the phone, Dirigible Law Fellow! <laughs> Remember, if you have two problems, one that involves the cops, and the other is the sickies. Just call me. <laughs> Dunkable Lock Eye, and I'll get your case to feel all better. <laughs> United States. Buzz. One, World Trade Center, 1700. Buzz, wrong. Empire State Building. Okay, no. I have a website that clearly de de yes. designates. Yes, thank you. That's the word. Well, <laughs> joke's on you. I read two websites today that both said that that one is wrong. <laughs> All right. Two websites to one. Empire State Building gets yes! the points. Yes! I deserve this! <laughs> when I was young, living with my parents, I did like sleeping alone.
place lived in a cave saving nickels and dimes. I thought the cave was abandoned, but it totally was. It seems I met the guy who lived next door. In the dark of the night, I saw the face of a monster as he bellowed a deafening roar. I used to sleep with a But now I sleep with you, a fucking literal Fish introduced me to his family. I slept in their den and became one with the bears. After a while, I thought I was a bear. Their wins were my wins, losses were my losses. Learned so much about life from the bears. One fateful day, a camera crew came by, and in you walked into our cave. I tried to talk, but you Finish this sentence. 44 is blank than 45. Buzz. Less than, obviously, that's easy. Buzz. Greater than. 44 is greater than 45. 44 <gasps> is greater than 45. Congratulations! <clears throat> Yay! Yeah! Yeah! Eat it! Yeah, all right. Well, good night, and... Thanks, Thanks Obama. Obama. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Uh, thank you for coming out here tonight to Todd Rodman's Self-Defense and Threat Response <laughs> Seminar. <laughs> Brought to you by Todd Rodman's Self-Defense Emporium, whose motto is a great, uh, a good defense is a great defense. <laughs> My name is Todd Rodman. Can everybody here do me a favor? Please raise your hand, put it in the air. 
Great. Now, how many of you have ever felt threatened in a situation before? Everybody, I can see. Thank you. Go ahead and put your hands, uh, hands down. Uh, so what I'm hoping to do for you today is teach you how to respond when you feel threatened in a situation. Can I get a volunteer from the audience? Uh, anybody? Anybody at all? Oh, great. This gentleman. Come on up. Uh, what's your name? Hi, I'm uh, Joe. Hi, Joe. <laughs> great. Everyone, everyone give it up for Joe. Really let Joe know how much you appreciate him. Joe's a great guy. All right, Joe. So what I want you to do um, is uh, we're going to do a little bit of role playing here, okay? Um, so I just want you to stand over here. Sure. Uh, just pretend that you are somebody on the street, a total stranger, uh, and I'm just walking down the street, and I want you to say something threatening to me, uh, something something generic, like, uh, uh, give me your wallet, Todd, or uh, nice glasses, nerd, something like that, okay? Sure. Great. So everyone pay attention. This is what you do when you feel threatened. Give me your wallet. Hey, man, back off! Okay? I know Krav Maga! I trained with the Navy SEALs! My dad is a sniper on the SWAT team and he could be here in 36 seconds flat! Okay, great. Did you get what happened there? So what I did was I, I put myself in the driver's seat and I took control of the situation and I no longer feel threatened. Is any of that stuff true? In fact, it does not matter. So we're, what we're going to do is we're going to do this one more time now that you know what you're looking for. Uh, again, Joe, just stand there. Uh, say something uh, very generic and threatening to me like, uh, uh, I'm going to kick your ass, dude, or uh, we were never proud of you, son. Something like that, okay? Okay, great. And remember, I'm just a stranger on the street walking up to you, okay? I'm going to kick your ass. What the fuck is your problem? I own a self-defense store that is top ten in the Tri-County area, and my dad is very proud of me. <laughs> so again, you can see what I did there. was I took control of the situation, and I, I feel safe now. I, I proved that I am a man, I am an adult, and I uh, uh, my, my business ventures are very successful, uh, which has led to the number seven self-defense store in the Tri-County area. <laughs> Um, so, unfortunately, uh, there may be some situations where you're not just threatened, but you actually are attacked. So, in this final scenario, uh, I want to show you how to respond when you are being attacked, okay? So, Joe, just uh, uh, come up to me in a threatening manner. Maybe put your hand on my uh, shoulder or arm and say something very generic like, Sir, we're going to have to ask you to leave, or uh, you shouldn't be here, Todd. This is my new family. Okay? <laughs> Okay. All right. So here we go. Sir, no! No! Don't touch me! Please, don't make me go! I got nowhere else to go. Just come to the store once, Dad. I think you'll really like it. Please. I'm not your dad, and I'm gonna go. Great. So can you see what I did there? Not only do I feel safe, but I had the threat remove itself from the situation. Okay? Um, so I, I hope that you were all able to learn something. Um, you know, this is uh, uh, hot tips from uh, Todd Rodman's Self-Defense Emporium. Uh, the best defense is a good defense. Um, Dad, are you here? Okay, never mind. Thank you all so much for coming. Drive safe, everybody. Uh, hi, 
everybody. My name is Joe. Thank you so much for coming out tonight again. Uh, we really appreciate it. Give it up for Joe. <laughs> um, I often, but especially recently, uh, find myself thinking about how far-reaching a single decision or action can be. Do you guys know what the butterfly effect is? And not the movie with Ashton Kutcher. Maybe? Uh, the, the, question, the thought exercise poses the question, if a butterfly flaps its wings in China, does that create a, t a tornado in the United States? Um, uh, unforeseen, far-reaching consequences of a seemingly small action. Um, so like, for example, what if I didn't move to Chicago at the time that I did? Uh, I met some of the founding members of the Nerdalogs in improv classes that I took right when I moved to the city, which led to them eventually asking me to join the group. So if I didn't move when I did, would I still be a part of the Nerdalogs? Would you be here tonight in the audience? Would this show be happening? If so, who would be telling you a story right now? Probably the next best looking cast member, which is a tie between everybody who's not me. <laughs> See, who would have told you that joke right now if I wasn't here? I mean, there, there's no way to know. And, and to me, that's the most frustrating part. Usually, we can look back through time and see what decisions we've made that got us to where we are today. But we can't look the other way to see what else could have happened uh, and, and where that would have taken us. I mean, what if you did take that other job? What if you did go to that other college? What if you did start dating that person? We can never know. We can only know what has happened and what got us there. Uh, maybe two or three years ago, uh, in the dead of winter, uh, I wake up much later than I should have to get ready for work. And I'm doing my thing, just getting ready. And I should be rushing out the door, but I decide that I am hungry. So I'm going to make a... Uh, Jimmy Dean breakfast sausage sandwich in the microwave. So I pop it in there and put it in for the 60 or 90 seconds, whatever it takes. And in the grand scheme of things, you would think that a minute, minute and a half shouldn't actually make that big of a difference. But I grab my sandwich and I head out the door and I see my bus pulling away from the bus stop, the one that I should have caught. So I have to stand there like a fucking jackass eating my sandwich, waiting for the next bus to, to show up. Which again, you would think is not that big of a deal. But I take the next bus to the train station. I miss the train that I normally take, and one more after that. So I eventually get where I'm going. I get off the train. I am running to work. And I mentioned it's the dead of winter in Chicago. So, of course, the sidewalk is covered with ice. I'm about 200 yards from my building, and I lose my, my grip. And I know I'm going to fucking bite it hard. <laughs> so I put out my hands to brace my fall. Uh, my hands were in my jacket. My right hand was gripping my phone. So as I whip my arms out, throw my phone, <laughs> slides maybe 30 feet away from me, screen cracks into a million pieces. Can't use the phone all day. Uh, after work, it's a Friday, I go to the Verizon store and I show it to them and they say, yeah, yeah, we can fix it. Just come back before we close. They close at eight. I show up at 7.30. Motherfuckers are already closed. The lights are off, the door is locked. I stood there. <laughs> pounding on the door for like 10 minutes. And, I, and they were closed all weekend too. What a shitty Verizon store. <laughs> so I don't have my phone for a whole weekend because I wanted a Jimmy Dean sausage breakfast sandwich. <laughs> now, sure, those are very low stakes, but I, I hope it can 
paint a pretty example of uh, how a single action or decision can, uh, can compound to lead to an unexpected result. Uh, so I, I think that over the past few months, a lot of us have had to come to terms with a result that was not only unexpected, but seemed implausible, if not impossible. At the time, it was hard to see how each individual action was leading to where we are now. But looking back, I think it's pretty easy to see the trail of breadcrumbs we left while navigating to this ginger shit house in the middle of a dark and haunted forest. Uh, and when I look back, I can't help but get frustrated. Uh, why didn't I volunteer at a phone bank? Go door to door in a swing state? Donate to more local races? Post more memes online. <laughs> and it's because at the time I thought, it's just me taking a small action. What effect could that have? And now I'm mad at myself for thinking that way. I'm not going to let myself do that again. And I, I challenge you all to do the same. It doesn't matter if we know what, if anything, will happen from our actions. That's not our job. Our job is to look at what's in front of us and make the best decision possible using the information we have available. So I say, let's flap our wings and see what fabulous tornadoes we can create that we can't even imagine yet. Thank you. Your Stories is a proud part of the Chicago Podcast Co-op. If you enjoy Your Stories, you may also enjoy Dynasty. Dynasty Podcast launched in 2005 as the first ever and longest running music podcast in the city of Chicago's history. Hosted by Chicago journalist and college educator, Jaime Black. For more information, go to www.dynastypodcast.com. This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash nerdalogs to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.